Hi, thanks for downloading this episode of Parent Stuff. My name is Evan Semenko, and I'm the host. Every week, we're bringing you parenting advice, parenting stories, and encouragement so that you know that you are not alone going through this parenting journey because it can be tough. It's difficult sometimes, and each week, we try to bring a guest and just share something that's gone on in their lives, something that they have to teach us, and we all can learn from each other and be better. This week's guest is Jessica Basso. Jessica and I have gone way back. We've been friends for a long time, but she is here today to share her story about her and her husband, Josh, as they went through adoption and infertility, and then now that their family has grown, parenting in the young kids phase, and even talks about her dad a little bit, somebody you might have heard on an episode before, Bill McConathy. So Bill and Ann are her parents with the McConathys we've known for a long time, and it's just really a cool story today about how God was at work and working through those parents who are now grandparents, and that all those things were connected, and we're just so thankful you've chose to listen. We hope you enjoy this today, and now check out my interview with Jessica Bissot. All right, thanks for tuning in. I'm so excited to have Jessica Bissot here. Jessica, thanks for being on the Parent Stuff Podcast. Thank you. We go way back. So I was going to wait and tell you this because I don't know if you remember this or not, but I was a freshman the first time I went on a mission trip. We were in student ministry together and you were a senior. Mm -hmm. So anybody remember, go back to those days, having a senior that even knew you were alive was a big deal as a freshman. And you were so nice and so kind. The opposite of Scott Odom, who was a (laughs) jerk and was not somebody that was nice. And I just have very fond memories of, from that point on, I was a Jessica fan. You were a McConaughey then, but. Look, I was an Evan fan from that point on. I remember that trip very specifically. I have pictures. I need to pull them out. You should. Send them to me. I'll post them. I will. I will. That was a fun trip. That was. I remember, I just remember me and Valerie just loved you. We were like, this this is like the little brother that I never had a brother. I was like, he is precious. Like, so. I'm glad that I had a positive. That kindness matters. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. No, I appreciate that. That would have been, I think that's spring break 2002 oh to God. date ourselves. Yes. 19 years ago. Yes. That's crazy. I'm almost to my 20 year high school reunion, wow. which is disturbing to me at this point. It's crazy. <laughs> so I want to know about you. Tell us about your family a little bit. Um, well, uh, my name is Jessica Basseau and I am married to Josh. We've been married for eight years we have three beautiful children. Um, Evie is five, Andy is five, and Levi is two, almost three, this month. Um, I'm from Bozier, born and raised. Uh, my husband's from Michigan, and uh, he is here now and stuck. <laughs> so uh, joined the Air Force, and he's been here at Barksdale ever since. And um, that's about it. I'm a, I work as a preschool teacher, and... Uh, just very blessed. That's right. So Josh is here, stuck from Michigan. I bet that was a culture shift. He's Air Force, right, is what yes. brought him down here. Yes, and uh, not active duty, but um, now. So, yeah, he married a local. Here we are. Southern girl. Yes. <laughs> We're big fans of Josh. We're big fans of your family. And some folks listening at home might have just done the math and said, Andy and Evie are both five. Yes. Are they twins? No, they're not. They are almost eight months apart. Um, our oldest, Evie, is adopted, and um, Andy was born not long after her, so uh, it's kind of been like having twins. Um, it's been a fun, crazy experience, so uh, that's the reason for their age difference. We uh, didn't think that we could have children, and um, we had started the 
working through the adoption process, were hoping to foster to adopt, and then got contacted by a girl that we'd met on a mission trip a year before, and uh, God had put us on her heart for a few weeks, and she wasn't sure why until a family friend had moved in with her that was pregnant and young and just not ready to be a mom yet, and she realized then that she needed to contact us because God was just putting me and Josh on her heart. Um, and she randomly contacted us on March 10th of 2015 and asked us if we were, had ever considered adoption. And she had no idea that we were, had already started pursuing the adoption process. And so we were like, absolutely, you know, we're kind of working on that right now. And she was like, well, I have a family friend who is just not ready to be a mom yet. And you are the two people that I've, you know, I've thought of. And, and so that was March 10th and Evie was born May 4th. Um, so it was a crazy just experience, the whole thing. It was very, I mean, less than two months later, we had our daughter. Um, and the coolest part about that is like we had met Tana is who uh, we met on the mission trip a year before on a mission trip. Randomly, she wasn't with our church. No, she, she was, was with a n- different group. And that was the first um, mission trip that me and Josh had been on after we got married together. And that trip meant a lot. I mean, we one of the guys on the trip that works, he's um, from Honduras, Papa, he prayed over us. That was when we were really really in a tough spot with our infertility and we were prayed over and just had no idea. You know, it's like God was already writing Evie's story, you know, before she was even conceived. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, we experienced so many miracles of how God had already was ready and knew that me, me and Josh were going to be her parents. And, um, and so then it's just like you fast forward and then this happens. It's like, had we not gone on that trip, we would have never met Tana, and um, it's just a really cool, her story is just, Evie's story is full of miracles, and so I'm always like, I'm going to write a book. I'd read it. I have written uh, so much down. Breaking news. But um, but I need to, like, get someone to help me. Sure. <laughs> if, that, if you're out there, you can email yes, us. We'll get you in touch with yes. Jessica. That'd be great. But it's just, it's just a cool story. Oh, it's a very cool story. And some of you, this might be ringing familiar because you did do a video for us for the Miracle Series mm-hmm. a couple of years ago at Simple Church. We were talking about that right before we started. Yeah. It is an incredible story. I mean, it's just awesome. And we've had other couples on here that have talked about infertility, and that is such a struggle for so many people. And so the next miracle, right, is that you didn't think you could have children. Mm-hmm. You adopt Evie, and then... <laughs> we actually found out a week before Evie was born that we were pregnant with Andy, Um after you've been trying for how many years? We had, it was two and a half years at yeah. that point. I had had a, a couple of surgeries. Um, we had had the week that we were contacted about Evie, we had just had the IUI procedure done because mm-hmm. um, we were still pursuing uh, pregnancy, but also pr- pursuing adoption. And um, so we found out the next week that that failed you know, that we did not get pregnant, but you know, we were like, you know what, we need to kind of focus more on getting everything together, you know, for this adoption, you know, and, um, and so we had decided to pursue one more month of, um, 
like an IUI procedure. But when I went in for all my blood work, my levels were off. And so Dr. Vandermolen was like, we can't do it. This isn't a good month. It just is not probable that it would work with the way the levels are reading and stuff. And we were like, you know what? We're going to take a pause on this. And that's the month <laughs> that I randomly, you know, <laughs> find out that we are pregnant. And so it's just like that was another miracle. It's just yeah. like one after, you know, just one thing after the other. And it was just every time something else would come up, it's like if we cried out to God, he responded. And it was just like with ways of like peace and comfort of like, I'm here. I'm here. Like just mm. keep, just keep trusting me and pushing forward. And it was just, it was just a neat, it's a really neat time when I, every time I go back and think about just, just those two months are just crazy. Yeah. You know, and so it was, we found out we were pregnant and then the next weekend our daughter was born five weeks early. So a lot changed. A lot changed oh. in a very <laughs> short period of time. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already a parent, but you probably have friends or know someone that has struggled with infertility. And I hope you would share and just to encourage of it's not necessarily going to be the result for everybody. But I know in those seasons that y'all didn't know what was going to happen. You don't know that it's going to work out, but you were faithful and you were trying to follow God and do that. And that's what ended up being the result. And now you have three kids. Three. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, it was hard. Um, we had a miscarriage pretty soon after uh, we got married, and then no pregnancies, you know, until um, we found out we were pregnant with Andy. For, so it was like two and a half years later. Mm. Um, I had a lot of hard moments. Um, I will never forget specifically the first Mother's Day after my miscarriage, and it was just a tough day. Like, I don't. Me and Josh were kind of bickering with each other, and I just was in a funk. And it's like I couldn't figure out why. And then it's like I got home, and I just went and sat outside. And I just realized I'm heartbroken. Today is a hard day. And it's like it really changed my perspective on Mother's Day, too, because it was yeah. always such a happy day for me growing up because we were celebrating my mom and my grandmothers. and But it was like it helped me see that this is such a difficult day for so many other people, whether you've lost a mom or you can't, you haven't been able to become a mom or, and so like that was a, there were a lot of hard days. Um, but a pivotal moment for me in when struggling with our infertility was on my 30th birthday, Josh surprised me with a video. He had compiled videos from friends and family just ain't telling me happy birthday and he put it all together we had like some family members over and he surprised me with this video and it was like it hit me as I'm watching it like I've been so focused on the one thing I don't have that I want so badly that I have not been really focusing on so all of the amazing things and it was like in that moment I was like you know so thankful for everything I had in my life but it's so easy to get so sure. focused on that one thing you want so badly. And that was kind of like the the turning point for me whenever we were going through our infertility. And so I kind of had a totally different mindset from that point on to really try to just stay focused on what I had. And then 
you know, and of course you still have your yeah. hard days, not to say. Absolutely. But it was just a, it was a turning point for me, I think, in just my relationship with God and my faith. So. No, that's great. And I think you get in the weeds of parenting and right now you're listening to this. You're probably a parent. You're a grandparent. You're doing it every day. You don't stop and have those reflective moments a lot. Yeah. But we are grateful we get to be parents mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's days that it's hard. There's oh, days yes. that it sucks. Oh, it's yeah. days with sickness and fighting and school and homework and teenagers and everybody has that. That's reality. But at the same time, we can lose that perspective mm-hmm. of we do get the blessing of being parents. Oh it, yeah. It is a blessing. <laughs> it's not a curse. It is. Depending on how you feel that day. That's <laughs> not my everybody listening right now might think, but it is an, it's an honor mm-hmm. that God would trust us to be the parents of our kids in this time, in this moment that nobody else could do it, but you. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think the more that I talk to friends and realize how many people do have problems or difficulties or challenges getting pregnant, we just took it for granted. Mallory yeah. and I, that wasn't our story. That wasn't our journey. And we're just like, okay, we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do it. And it's so, I think, just encouraging. And I appreciate you being honest to talk about that because there's probably somebody listening that if they haven't gone through it, they know somebody that has. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. And it still is, I think, one of those topics that so many people don't talk about. It's taboo, right? It is. And you realize when you're going through it, like, it's like almost like you don't want to admit that you're going through it or you don't want to be the person that brings it up right. or Or whatever. Debbie Downer, Exactly. Right? I mean, I know for our friends, it's like, when we had a baby, we knew friends that were having problems, yeah. and you don't want to rub it in. Yeah. You don't go, but you want to be excited and joyful. Oh, yeah. And it's this hard tension. I think a lot of people ultimately just don't like walking in other people's pain. Yeah. It's really difficult. We want things to be surface level. We want it to be light, and it takes a real level of friendship to be able to sit with somebody that's going through something hard you don't have an answer to. Absolutely. And it's tough. It is. It really is. It was, I had a conversation with my dad, um, both of my sisters were pregnant um, during that time. And when we first found out Emily was pregnant, my dad, and he's great about this. like. And your dad, for those that tough, don't know, yeah, is? Bill McConaughey. That's right. So if you've been around Simple Church, Bill was on staff with us. I am a big fan of Bill. We worked with him. He's been on the podcast before. You are a McConaughey. I am. I'm now the so. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he pulled me out. Um, I guess it was the weekend we had found out, you know, or Emily announced that she was pregnant, and Dad pulled me outside. We go eat on Sunday afternoons with my family, and um, he walked me out to the car, and he was like, I just want to check on you, or, you know, hmm. how are you feeling? Are you okay? I was like, yes. Like, I was thrilled for my sister, and he was like, well, I just wanted to make sure because I know this is hard, and my dad's good about asking the hard questions that sometimes you don't know it's hard to ask those questions because yeah. you really don't know what response you're going to get. And I think that's a lesson to dads is a lot of times they don't want to ask. We're yeah. just going to go with the flow. We're going to keep it light. We're not going to go. Exactly. But I, you know, they'd been living through that pain with me. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to check. And I was like, I am thrilled. You know, I'm thrilled for my sister. You know, do I want what she is currently experiencing? Yes. But am I upset or jealous of her? No. Because that's my sister. I mean, we're close. I mean, my sisters are my best friends. And and then shortly after, we found that Emily was pregnant. Then Claire was pregnant. And Emily's three years younger than you? Yes. And then Claire is? Four. Four, yeah. About. And um, and so, and but the kind of the funny thing about all of that is Emily and Claire were both pregnant. And then I ended up, my daughter is the oldest of all the cousins because then... <laughs> So Abby I got adopted before yeah. him. Yeah. So it's funny because Evie was born in May 
and then their kids came in July and August, and then Andy came in December, and so it was like the baby boom. We call it the <laughs> McConathy baby boom. That's so, a big summer. <laughs> yeah, it was, but yeah. That's really cool. And we are big fans of your dad. He did come on. You told me before you listened to his podcast. Just going to give you a chance on the record. Anything we need to correct or fix that he said incorrectly? Well, it's kind of funny. Um, I was trying to think of some funny stories or experiences with dad. And I had written down just like him as being my coach. Like he was my basketball coach. And how old were you? Um, well, he coached my Bozier Parks team. I'm trying to think. I mean, when I was like five, but then I had a different coach for a while. I'm trying to think what year he came in. Just roughly. Yeah, you were. It was probably about fifth grade, I believe. But then he was my coach in high school um, when I played for Halton High School. And um, so he knew the group of girls, you know, for a while. But there were some tears shed. <laughs> it's crossing worlds, right? <laughs> Through I mean, that it's sports and he's trying to be a neutral coach. Which he time. was great at doing that. But um, I just was laughing because he brought up one of the stories that is a memory where he got upset and he threw a basketball across the gym. And then it hit the entire rack of balls on the opposite end of the gym and they went everywhere. And we were all just like, I mean, he wasn't really an explosive coach not Bobby Knight throwing chairs <laughs> not usually but that day like I'm sure we were being sassy it was probably me you know it's honestly that <laughs> but um it was hilarious but we were all like trying not to laugh right, he's angry. you know but I think you know by the end of the day he's laughing too but um so that's parent stuff episode six you yeah can go back I looked it up if you want to listen to his side of the story yes but it was I loved him being my coach I yeah. loved he was he taught at Houghton and I don't know I think I do have had a have had a special um experience when it comes to a dad you know when it comes his involvement with us um has been just consistent our entire lives and I'm very thankful for that I have a wonderful mom you know just they've been great parents and so trying really hard to follow <laughs> It sets the bar high. No, I understand that. So. Yeah, I had incredible parents, and it really does. It makes you, I think, talking to students, especially working with teenagers, they are old enough to start recognizing, okay, my parents are maybe not healthy, or they're not making good choices, mm -hmm. they're not doing these things that I see other parents do. And I feel like for me, and I don't know if you were to relate to this or not, I'm looking back now, and I can see that God was orchestrating and working in my life that I had healthy parents so I could try to be healthy and be a youth pastor, be a husband, be a dad that was healthy for these next people that my parents didn't even know. Yeah. Right? 20 years ago, my mom and dad didn't know Nora yeah. and didn't know these kids were going to need a youth pastor. Mm -hmm. But I'm so thankful for the foundation they gave me that I could be grounded, that I could be healthy and most of the time <laughs> and yeah. try to do it yeah. and be not perfect. But I really am so thankful for that foundation. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's yeah. why at Simple Church we're trying to do these things to help parents like the FX box because mm -hmm. it's not outsourcing it to somebody else. Yeah. You as the parent are the most important spiritual influence in your kid's life. Mm -hmm. That we've told parents and teenagers that for years. It's hard because they want to go and be away and it's hard to listen. Mm -hmm. But I think your family, a lot like mine, they had those conversations. They weren't perfect. They didn't do everything right. But I'm so thankful looking back now that they were that spiritual influence in my life. And definitely. What I've seen of your parents definitely would say that too. Yes. Yeah. And then to say, I mean, um, 
Josh comes from a broken home, mm-hmm. and um, and he's, you know, it's it's just neat. You know, I feel like once he became an adult, a husband and a father, it's like, I think you can see things. I think, like, for me, too, you see in a different light what childhood was for you or whatever. And, um, and for any of us, it's just like you want to strive so much every single day to be the best you can be for your children, whether you want to have a similar childhood or you want to try to make things a little bit better or easier for your kids than what you may have experienced. Um, and like you said, you know, no, no family is perfect, but it is just, just to try every single day to seek the truth and and it's not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, when you talk about teenage, I'm terrified of when my my kids are going to be teenagers. So we're already praying for those coming days. We're both in the little phase right <laughs> now. Know. We both have five year olds and preschoolers, and yes. it will come. Let's revisit this podcast. We'll give it about ten years and talk again. Okay, exactly. Put, mark it down. Exactly. And all you teenage parents that are listening, you're laughing because you you look back and you see, and everybody, I'm sure you've heard this before, right? Says it just goes so fast. Oh yeah. It's like it's not going fast today. I know. <laughs> I know. It's not. I'm sure I will look back right now, but in these moments, we say the days are long and the weeks are short. And that's what me and Josh we were we remind our ourselves that every single day mm-hmm. every day sometimes I mean, more than once yes because I'm like I honestly don't think I have slept a solid eight hours since the night Evie was born wow. like I truly don't I mean because it's been consistent and we still got one you know that he is in our bed <laughs> you know sure. so it's tough. um it's just uh yes not a lot of sleep. You learn right. how to function, though. You do know sleep deprivation is a form of torture. They use it, it to torture prisoners. I absolutely <laughs> believe that. I do. Next time you see a parent that's in that young phase, just stop and <laughs> reflect for a moment. Exactly. But be thankful you're not there. Well, that's what a, a girl that I worked with, she just became a mom a couple of days ago. And she, you know, was posted, you know, they'd been up all night. She had the baby. And she said, now we're going to try to get some sleep. And I just wanted to say, oh, yeah. Get get that sleep in that hospital because when you get home, you probably won't get much yep. for a while. Oh, man. <laughs> that is so true. We've moved Eliza, our two-year-old, to a big girl bed, oh. and she's been escaping and coming out, yes. and we're trying to figure that out, and it's just reality. That's Evie Jr. right there. There you go, and they're buddies. <laughs> yeah. We do laugh. Our kids are friends. They'll play together, mm-hmm. and what we love, and just to speak into your own kids, is Evie is our brave friend. Yes. Nora is a little more timid and shy, and we like having Evie influence Nora. She's fun and encouraging and exciting, <laughs> and we love when they play together because everybody's personality is different, and there's oh, strengths yeah. and weaknesses in doing it, but our kids being around your kids is a big deal we love oh, playing yeah. with the Basso kids it's the best I mean and I was when I was listening to the podcast dad did with y'all just how he was talking about just the friends and like how their friends kids you know yeah. you were talking about the all reds and they all grew up and it's just like all I could think about I'm like and y'all are our friends and our kids are getting to grow up together and it's just it's such a cool thing I Absolutely. mean because it is lifelong and um important yeah. It's very important. And this is where, and it's, again, everybody has different stories, everybody has different paths, but everybody wants to get out of the small town, right? Leave Shreveport, Bozier. I can't wait to get out of this place. There's nothing to do here. But now, as we get a little bit older, I love seeing the benefits of that, of having that foundation that you and me were in student ministry together. Yes. We were friends, but mm-hmm. not super close friends. We yeah. were four years apart. But now, because of that, 
our kids are becoming friends and having that chance and y'all are great people. They're the kind of people we want our kids to be friends with and their families and be able to do that. And we get to reap those benefits of those longtime roots planted, which really goes back to your mom and dad. Yeah. So generations back now that is coming to fruit of because they invested in Shreveport Bossier. They were involved in student ministry. They helped me and Mallory. The Allreds were small group leaders for us. Now the next generation of kids are benefiting from those adults and we're so thankful for them and want to just give them the recognition that what they're doing matters oh yeah and as you're a grandparent maybe listening to this you look back and hopefully see in your life that's what happened and the trickle down of that is such a big Mm -hmm. deal it is and then too just um life groups I mean that is another like huge part of our story um before me and Josh started leading a life group when we were dating and it grew and some of the, the couples that ended up being a part of our group all the way through, you know, after our kids were born, you could see how God strategically puts people in your life and you don't know why, you know, at that moment. And um, the Grams were in our life group and the Petersons yeah. and the Edmistons and the Wylands. And each of these groups of people in the Perus, they had such a huge impact on the future of our family, Hmm. whether it was, you know, at first they had no idea what we were going through. And then as we shared more and more, you find out that multiple of them are also suffering through infertility. You've got a couple that's working on adopting through the foster system. And we got to watch just that beautiful story of them, you know, adopting their son Solon and, celebrating with them and crying with them and then you've got an older couple the Wylands are actually my parents age and it was so cool to have different ages in our life group it wasn't just people our age and the Wylands had been foster parents for a long time um Mm -hmm. years ago and so we got like these different perspectives from different groups of people and then you're going through a lot of the same pain with them as well and you just we were all able to grow together and they invest we all invested in each other and all of them will hold such a special place in our hearts forever just because of the hardest the darkest times in our you know lives at to this date sure was the infertility we were going through and but God had put these people in our lives before we even knew we were going to be going through that and then you find out, like, God God put them here for this very reason, to walk through this with us. And it's just, it's beautiful when you really look at what God does. If you really try to see the bigger picture, you can see how God truly places people in your life at specific times for specific reasons. Absolutely. And it's a great plug for life groups. And I think the problem is, a lot of times if you're listening to this, you think about the ones that didn't work. Yeah. You gave up. Oh, you yeah. tried a life group, it wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. And they're not all perfect success stories like yeah. that. And not everybody in that life group who ever visited your life group became those life group friends. Yeah. But if you give up, if you get discouraged, if you don't keep trying, you never get to that point. Yeah. And I would just encourage anybody listening, if you haven't been in a life group in a while, if you haven't been a part of a Bible study small group, you're weirded out by that, you're not sure, 
this is why we are so enthusiastic and important and make it such a big deal because that's how it's supposed to work Mm -hmm. the body of christ the church comes together and you don't have to do it alone yeah and you help when the other couples are going through their difficult times Mm -hmm. and it's this beautiful relationship of how it's supposed to be instead of well i don't really have time for that it's another thing i'll figure it out i already have my friends and i hope everybody here listening has great friends yeah but what you need is a spiritual element to that Mm -hmm. of walking through and doing it together that encourage you and be able to help and i'm so thankful for y'all being life group leaders and for everybody that's listening that has done that life group or have done some form of Bible study, whatever it is, Sunday school, call it whatever you want. Yeah. That matters. It does. It mattered to me in my life. I think back again, the All Reds are the mentor couple for our life group. We have a different life group with young married couples. And it goes back now 20 years where Ann Allred was willing to be a parent life group, small group leader for her daughter, which ended up blessing Mallory, which ended up being my wife. And what Ann Allred did for Mallory, now Mallory gets to do for Mary, her daughter. And now we, our kids, and it's this whole interconnected web yeah. of you just, you don't know, but it doesn't happen if you don't try, if you don't put yourself out there. And just another option for a shameless plug, I'm doing a virtual life group this semester. COVID's weird. It's not yeah. easy. <laughs> I'm not sure about meeting and germs and everybody's mm-hmm. all that. So I'm doing one online. So if that's something that's intriguing to you, email me, Evan at the simple TV. We'll put in the show notes and would love for you to be a part of that and try it because maybe you're not comfortable meeting right now, but you still need that connection to try to talk to somebody. Yeah. COVID's made. It's weird times. That's have, a whole other podcast. Really try. <laughs> yeah, you have to really come up, brainstorm. Make with an effort. Different ways. Absolutely. Make an effort. That's a big... It's very much of an effort. And it's hard. It is hard. It is not easy. And especially in the phase we're at with our kids. I think I'm going to go ahead and just say it. I think it's hard. (laughs) I think it's harder. We'll look back in the teenage phase and maybe laugh. Oh, gosh. But as of right now, it is hard. It is. And fun. It is. That's what every day I just sit. I love to take pictures. And then sometimes I'm so worried about capturing these moments with my camera that I'm like, I need to just sit here Mm. and just experience this moment with them and um I've been trying here lately just to sit and just watch just watch them because it is hard it's like from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to sleep you're being demanded of nonstop, and it, it is it will wear on you but then trying to just watch them and just the sweet moments Some days there's not a, <laughs> a lot of those, <laughs> but they're there. Sometimes it's easy to overlook them. Absolutely. But it's fun, but it is exhausting. And that's great advice. I think that's a tension our generation especially has got to figure out is how much is it being present and being off the phone and being mm-hmm. there versus when you need a break and be able to zone out. And it's complicated. I think about that because it's like when you finally want to just sit down my go-to, and I think a lot of people, is you pull your phone out, you're sure. just mindless, like scrolling mindlessly. Have you heard of doom scrolling? No. That's the phrase for when you just endlessly do it and you don't really have something you're looking for. You just that, yeah. doom scroll. But it's like just a relaxing, just kind of sit there. But then I'm like, but then your kids are coming up to you. And I'm like, I don't want every thought of in my children's mind of me is me sitting there with my sure. phone in my hand. It's convicting. Absolutely. It's just... But it's so sad, you know. 
and this is why I'm gonna get my soapbox for a minute. We're both millennials, yeah. and I think millennials get unfair rap because there's a famous picture of a guy named Gary Vee is a social media expert and says, this isn't new, it's just changed. And he shows a picture of a subway train yes. where everybody's reading the newspaper I've and not that. talking and looking at each other. So it's not like the phone is this thing where parents were always connected and checked in. They would watch the news or they would go and read a book or That's they true. would go and do different things, go to a bar or whatever. Exactly. You check out different ways. Yeah. Every parent has always struggled with checking out. It's just easy to villainize the phone and make it that one focal point. That's of, encouraging, Evan. That's Thank right. You. We're not alone. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. I will stand up for that. Also, millennials, my thing, your dad, we pick about this a lot, is getting a, a uh, like a participation trophy. Yeah. That millennials get that rap. Who's giving us participation trophies, Jessica? Our parents. The generation before yes. us. I didn't give myself a trophy. Why do we get blamed exactly. for you guys giving us trophies? Exactly. Anyway, I don't want to go negative. <laughs> Let's end on a positive <laughs> note because it's already flown by. We will always end, Jessica, on the question, what is the best piece of parenting advice you have ever received from somebody else or just one that stands out? Maybe you can't make it the best, but what is one thing you'd share with a parent listening piece of advice? Um, for me, consistency. Um. I think I mentioned that when we did the thing, the Father's Day thing. Like, my parents were always extremely consistent, and that's something that me and Josh try to do is be consistent with our kids. Um, and I really try also not to compare. I think that that's mm. such a hard thing for parents now. Because you can see it more. You see it's everything. That's while we're doom scrolling, yes. you see everybody's highlight reel. Every single thing. I mean, whether it's you see someone post – that their kid got whatever a reading award or you know and you're like oh gosh like does is my child is she reading the amount of words you know like because you know now it's we're here we're in kindergarten with our oldest in a pandemic exactly we both started kindergarten this year it's weird (laughs) but it's like I'm always trying to tell myself every single one of our kids are different and we're different Mm. parents and it's not ever going to be the same and I don't want to compare anything to anyone else's parenting or child experience because we're not we're not the same and um so I try really hard not to compare which is it's hard not to yeah it's very hard not to when you talk about consistency the book I always think of is a long obedience in the same direction is a book by Eugene Peterson and that phrase has just always stuck with me since I've heard it that that's the long term right that's the Jesus planting seeds yes it's not instant it's not microwave it takes years to see the fruit and the result and again a testament to your parents is I think they were great at that from the outside looking in I would think you would probably agree that they were people that we look up to or mentors in our life because we've seen them do that mm-hmm. and I, you guys are the fruit that sounds weird but <laughs> it's something that you guys as kids and now your kids that you are the kind of people we want to be around and be friends with and mm-hmm. do life together with because your parents were consistent. They did that. And I know they would say they're not perfect. I know you would say they're not perfect. Yeah. But I hope that as we listen to this podcast, as you're a part of this, you're trying to be a better parent. Thank you. You're trying to be a grandparent. That helps. Thank you because you're making an effort to do it. I'm reading books. I'm trying to figure it out. Mallory's better at it than me. She's doing all this research and working on it because we don't want to just settle for being okay. Parents are missing those opportunities. Exactly. And it was it was reassuring to even listen to the podcast dad did with Mm. you because he mentioned consistency and said that he just, you know, he said, I I stayed on them and I feel that way. You you don't like it in the moment. You don't don't like it as a teenager. (laughs) And then even like at the end of the day, as a parent, you're beating yourself up because you're like, like, I feel like all I did was correct. 
all day long. Does it matter? But then it's like, but at the end of the day or at the end of the, you know, by the time they become adults, that consistency, it does matter. You may not see it. Bill and Ann, I hope you're listening. It yes, it does. It really does. And that's like, I think at the end of the day, like, I want, and like, there was an Andy Stanley um, series, and it's about parenting, and mm. like, he kind of goes through the different phases, and one thing that really stuck out to me that he said, and this may step on some toes. Let's do it. But like, your children are not your friends. Mm. They're not your best buds. They're not supposed to be your friend. When you become an adult after you've parented and when you've become adult and your children have become adults, that's when you can have a real, like a friendship. Yeah. And I honestly can say, I mean, me and my mom, I would say butted heads more growing up. Sure. Moms and daughters. Um, we're very do. similar. Um, I'm a lot like both of my parents. I was a daddy's girl. But um, so me and my mom, we, you know which I think is normal. Sure. But like, she's one of my best friends now. Mm. You know, I mean, I call my mom and I call my dad. I talk to them multiple times a week and see them at least once a week, usually. And like, I am so grateful for that now. Right. But growing up, they weren't my friends. They were my parents and disciplinarians. And, and your coach. And my coach, <laughs> you know. And so um, I try to, you know, focus on that that like I really I want that in that type of relationship with my children when they become adults I want them to want to have a relationship with me right and um that's so important to me absolutely I think any young parent listening and I sit there and receive that comment I was like I would rather that scenario Mm -hmm. I would rather be friends with my adult children and make it difficult now then take it easy, let them do whatever they want, which is actually to their detriment. Exactly. And then lose the relationship later. Yeah. And it's hard to get in that headspace because my picture is always Amy Poehler and Mean Girls. Yeah. If you've seen the movie, yes. she's the fun mom that yes. everybody go and you see those and compare. And you're like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to let my kid have six hours of iPad time. Yeah. And we're going to do that for Nora's benefit, <laughs> whether she likes it or not right now. And she does not. No. But it's for the long-term gain. And I think that's where it's just encouraging to hear that as a reminder. I hope as you're listening, you remember that and know that you're not alone in that. And we can do it, Jess. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening all the way to the end of this episode. I hope that that leaves you encouraged as a parent, a grandparent, whoever's listening. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. And I hope if you would like this episode, you would subscribe so that you don't miss another episode coming back. But you can also go back and listen to any of the previous episodes on demand. Just make sure you go through and find those episodes. Leave us a review. It helps other people to find it and makes it easier to be searched for. So give a five-star review. And thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great day.